In response to the preaching, let us sing from Psalm number 396, stanzas 1 and 2. 396, 1 and 2. Congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ, as I went through my sermon files recently, I discovered that way back in 1996, as I was still with you, I actually began a series on the life and times of Abraham. But I never completed it. And I do not know why. I never completed it. I only came to Abram being called out of Ur of the Chaldees and settling in the land of Canaan. And uh, I, I preached of, uh, of Abram also spending some time in Egypt because things weren't going well in the land of Canaan. And then I also preached a sermon on, uh, on Abram rescuing his, his nephew Lot. And that's where it stopped. And I'll be honest with you, I do not know why I did not continue in that particular series. Nevertheless, I thought, you know, it would be good to carry on and, and study this passage again. And even though I'm not here to preach every Sunday, I, I, I really do want to uh, carry on in this particular series with you. Because there is so much that can be learned from the life and times of Abraham and I'm looking forward to studying these passages with you as well. And so, um, we will therefore uh, continue on with that um, in a couple of weeks. I hope to be here again and then into the new year. We will see how things work out. But I do want to, therefore, uh, study this passage, The Life of Time of Abraham, and uh, receive some instructions from it. Now, one of the first uh, instructions that we receive at this point um, is that you and I must learn, and no doubt we have learned it somewhat already, but we must learn to cope with doubts and with fears, and particularly with, with, with the weakness that we sometimes experience in our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And therefore, uh, that we learn to cope with the struggles of faith. And that is basically the uh, theme for this morning as well. Abram's, <clears throat> excuse me, Abram's spiritual struggles of faith. In the first place, struggles brought on by fears. Secondly, struggles helped by a sign. And then thirdly, struggles overcome by the word. Now, as I was working on this particular sermon, I had in mind that there would also be some boys and girls here as well. But yes, I do see some younger people, and I, I'm, I'm thankful for that. But I, I can't really address you as, as boys and girls. But nevertheless, I do want to give you an example that everyone should be able to understand, and that even the boys and girls would be able to understand. Perhaps this has happened to you at one time or another. You've, you've done a brave thing, a brave thing. But afterwards, you find yourself actually shaking in your boots for what you have done. For example, a very simple example, but you have bravely rescued a, a frightening kitten from some bullying neighborhood boys. And on your part, it was a very brave thing to do. 
But afterwards, you are shaking in your boots, really. And you think to yourself, what will those bullies do when they meet me again? When they see me. And so, your act of bravery, therefore, has brought on some bouts of fear. Now, I'm using this example because something similar has happened with Abraham as well. From the previous chapter, that is Genesis 14, we learn how Abram rescued his nephew Lot, and not only his nephew Lot, but also the citizens of Sodom and Gomorrah as well, and he brought them all back again into uh, the land where they lived. And he rescued all of these people from the hands of a king by the name of Keter Laomer. And so they were all rescued. It was a very brave thing for Abram to do because he did it with only, with only his, his household, with his servants. And he dealt with a large army of Ketelomer. But afterwards, no doubt, afterwards, Abram must have started shaking in his boots. He may very well have thought, now I'm just imagining a little bit, but what will Ketelomer and his allies do with me the next time they see me? Perhaps they will invade the land of Canaan, of Palestine again, uh, when they are good and ready to do so. And instead of going again after Sodom and Gomorrah, they'll go after me. And no doubt, Abram was afraid, therefore, for what act of bravery will have will expose him to various dangers again. And we know this. Because in the very first verse of our text chapter, Genesis 15, the Lord actually found it necessary to come to Abram in a vision and tell him not to fear. You have those words, do not be afraid, Abram, I am your shield and your exceeding great reward. What happened is that Abram's spiritual life was in turmoil. Abram was going through a spiritual struggle of sorts. Abram had actually difficulty understanding the Lord's future for him particularly. The future didn't seem very bright to him whatsoever. And at least not as bright as what it used to be. Sure, the Lord has given him some wonderful promises that he would inherit the land of Canaan someday and that he would be able to share it with, with his offspring, with his children, grandchildren. But what became of those promises, what would become of those promises, Abram did not, he could not see it anymore clearly. He did not take those promises literally anymore. We gather this from the verses 2 and 3 where Abram, in his struggle of faith, began to question the Lord about his future. And now I'm saying it my own words, but Lord, how, how can this land be given to me and my children, seeing that I go childless? Will this land perhaps go to the steward of my house, this Eliezer of Damascus? I cannot see that those promises you've given me can be fulfilled, O Lord. I have no children. I have received no, no, in, no heritage. I have no heir. Is Eliezer perhaps then to become the heir of all my inheritance? 
And so you'll understand that Abram is going through some real spiritual struggles. Now, dear people, as, as Christians, as believers in Jesus Christ, we can sometimes also have real spiritual struggles. Such struggles, uh, they, they tend to come and they go throughout your whole life, don't they? Don't ever think that you will actually outgrow your struggles of faith in this life. Those spiritual struggles, they're not always there, but they do come on strong at times. And no doubt you have experienced that at times. Now, the oddest thing is this, is that those, those, those struggles come shortly after you have had some spiritual high after you have given a good defense of your faith, for instance, after you have been a good witness and a testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ and of your faith, after you have done some brave act of faith, it is often after such an event, after such a positive event, that you will find yourself embroiled in some sort of spiritual struggle again spiritual struggle of faith. And then a voice will begin to whisper inside of you, are you so sure of your faith? You've given a powerful defense of the faith, but was was it not a bit over the top? Didn't it all come from your head, but not from your heart? Or a voice will whisper inside of you, well, that that was a brave act of faith. But have you counted the cost? Have you considered the repercussions and what you may have to go through now after this? Have you considered what kind of troubles you have exposing yourself in such a way because of the braveness of your act of faith? Or such questions. As such, you will often find yourself embroiled in a spiritual struggle. You will be faced with fears about the future. And you will ask yourself, no doubt, what will my enemies yet do to me after I have, been, I have so bravely stood up to them? Perhaps, perhaps you, your fear will become so great that you do not even think that you will actually survive in this life, even as David once feared that as well, when he said in his heart, now I shall yet perish in the hands of Saul. Or, your spiritual struggles will veer in the direction of, what about these promises of the Lord? Were they really for me? Have I perhaps taken them to myself too quickly? Have I perhaps taken them too literally? And then doubt begins to overtake you as well. Doubt in the word and in the promises of the Lord. Dear people, these struggles of faith can be very real in your and in my life. And you see, it is one of the devil's ways to unsettle us, isn't he? That's what he wants. He wants to sow fear in your and in my heart so that at times we'll become distressed. At times we will become very troubled about what other people, enemies of the gospel, what they will yet do to me because I have once professed faith in Jesus Christ. 
the devil will try to stir up doubt in me so that I will begin to question it at times. Is God for real? Are his promises genuine? Are they meant for me? You will find yourself, therefore, in a spiritual struggle. Struggles against fears and doubts and bouts of unbelief. Now, I've described this somewhat, and do you know about those struggles? They are real, aren't they? They are real. Abram had them. The opening words of our text chapter certainly bears this out. But the very fact that Abram had those struggles point out already this, that he was a God-fearing man, that he was a Christian man, that he was a believer in the word of God. And therefore, the first lesson that we may learn this hour is that, yes, believers will have their struggles of faith, and they will come strong at times, but do not lose hope in the God who looks after you, as it will be seen in our next point. Because there is another lesson that we must learn this hour, and it comes right out of our text chapter again, that is, that the Lord will actually help those who are engaged in their struggles of faith, and we will see this with Abram, Second place under the heading, struggles helped by a sign. Now, dear people, the Lord saw his struggling child. The Lord saw his servant Abram surrounded by fears and assaulted by struggles and with doubts. He saw what, what, what Abram was having a hard time with that Abram had a hard time believing, steadfastly believing, even as, as the Lord had given him great promises in the past. He wanted to be steadfast in the faith, but what was it that he was to believe? You see, and the Lord knows, therefore, the weaknesses of our faith that come, become strong at times. He knows that in such situations... We need more than just a few words of encouragement, but that we actually need some sort of sign from him. Well, Abram actually received a sign from the Lord. And the Lord God promised Abram, Abram, you will have children to inherit the land, and they will be more than the stars in the sky And he took Abram out of his tent and he said, Abram, look up. Look all those stars. Can you count them? Well, obviously the answer, Abram would have to say, no, I can't count them. Well, that's that's how your offspring is going to be. That many. But then, there was more yet that the Lord would help Abram in. And that was in a very specific sign that we, you and I, can also identify with. How so? Well, uh, we read of that in the verses 9 and following of our text chapter, Genesis 15. Abram was to take a three-year-old heifer and a three-year-old female goat and a three-year-old ram and a turtle dove and a young pigeon. 
and he was to... These were, by the way, regular sacrificial animals at that time. And Abram knew what to do with it already. We are told this in, in some detail as well. He killed the animals, and then he divided them in half, except for the birds. He did not divide them in half. And Abram then took those divided animals and laid pieces on the ground, piece over against piece. Part of the heifer here, part of the heifer there. Part of the goat here, and part of the goat there. And part of the ram here, and part of the ram there. And the pigeon here, and the dove here. And then Abram waited. And he waited all day long, so we are told, chasing away the vultures that wanted to to land on the carcasses and eat the meat. At sunset, Abram was still at his post, but he fell into a deep, very deep sleep. And there was a what the Bible speaks of as a horror of darkness came upon him as well in this deep sleep. And it was during that time that the Lord spoke to Abram. And the Lord spoke in promising things to Abram. And then it happened. Abram must have woken up with a start. It was dark all around him. The pieces of the killed animals were still lying there on the ground close to him. But suddenly, Abram saw the most amazing thing. Verse 17. Behold, there appeared a smoking oven and a burning torch that passed between those two those pieces. Now, we are not exactly sure as to what Abram saw precisely. But you can be sure that it was an awesome thing. As someone has translated it this way, what he saw was a smoking and a flaming torch moving about. And this awesome smoking, flaming torch mysteriously passed through and between the pieces of the killed animals lying there on the ground. Now perhaps you ask, What kind of a sign is that? And how could that possibly help Abram in his spiritual struggles? Well, listen carefully. In those days, it was a custom that when a person was ready to make a a very, very important agreement or what is called a covenant with someone, they would then go through the ritual of killing a number of sacrificial animals laying them on the ground, and then at a certain point, they would walk between them, those killed carcasses, those killed animals. This was called a, the cutting a covenant. You can read of that in Jeremiah 34, the verses 18 and 19. Cutting a covenant. The only difference with Abram is that it was not some person walking through and between the pieces of killed animals, but a smoking and flaming torch. Well, what was this this smoking and flaming torch then a symbol of, you might ask? It was the symbol of the presence of the Lord God. 
just as the pillar of smoke and the pillar of fire became the symbol of God's presence as the Israelites left the land of Egypt and went through the desert to the land of Canaan, so was this smoking and flaming torch the symbol of the presence of the Lord. You see, what was happening there is that the Lord was busy that night making a covenant, cutting a covenant with Abraham. The Lord came to Abram that night with an amazing, with a visible sign in order to help him out of his spiritual struggles. The Lord made a covenant, you see, with Abram that night. And we are told this very clearly in verse 18 of our text chapter. Why? Well, as a help to Abram as he had his spiritual struggles of faith. Now, dear people, there is help for you and for me in our spiritual struggles as well. And such help is to be found where? In what? Well, with God, of course, but in the covenant which the Lord God has made with you and with me, in the covenant. And so, when you are attacked by fear, or when you are troubled with doubts, please consider the covenant that God, the Lord, has made with you. Consider the covenant He has made. Now, all of you, at least I understand, I, I think I know all of you, um, you have received the sign of the covenant at your baptism at one time or another. And that means, of course, that the Lord has made a covenant with you. And, of course, it also means that there was blood shed for the making of this covenant household through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and which is called in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 20, the blood of the everlasting covenant. The blood of the everlasting covenant. Therefore, when you find yourself in the midst of spiritual struggles, when you are attacked by fear of what will actually become of you, or when you are hassled with doubts, and find it difficult to embrace those promises that you once thought to be yours. Consider the covenant that God has made with you for most of us while we were still in our very childhood. And dear people, the Lord will not hedge on his promises. He will not leave you on your own. He will stick with you because he is a covenant keeping God therefore the covenant well you ask well what is the use of, of having the covenant well the covenant you see is meant to help us in our struggles of faith there to help us in that the sacrament of the covenant are meant as helps in our struggles of faith both the sacrament of baptism and also the sacrament of the Lord's Supper are therefore such helps for us, you and me. And therefore, do not despise the covenant of the Lord that he has made with you and with me. Do not make light of, of something 
that, that it is something insignificant and that you have forgotten about it and it's inconsequential. That is not the case with the covenant that God has made with us. Because if you do not accept the covenant, if you do not hold fast to the covenant that the Lord God has made with you, if you take those covenant promises and you do not take them seriously or take those covenant responsibilities seriously, the Lord may very well leave you in the smoke of confusion and darkness. And we wouldn't want to be in that situation, would we? But now when you learn by the grace of God to accept his covenant and the honor the covenant by believing covenant promises and shouldering covenant responsibilities, the Lord will give you light upon your path. Now perhaps you are one who knows very well what it means to have spiritual struggles. It seems rather dark and confused to you at times spiritually. It seems that there is really no headway at all, no improvement, no light. The fears remain and the doubts persist. Well, is it perhaps because you are forgetting or you are ignoring or worship, you are dishonoring the covenant that God has made with you? My dear brother or sister, if you have your struggles with doubts and fears, consider the covenant that God has made with you. More yet, consider the blood of the covenant and him who shed this blood of the covenant. That is the Lord Jesus Christ, of course. And, and he gave himself on the cross. He bled and he died, not only to save you and me from our sins and from the condemnation of sin, but also to strengthen you and to support you and to uphold you and to encourage you in your spiritual struggles of faith. The Lord Jesus Christ, who is the, the Lord of the covenant, the Lord Jesus Christ is, is there to help you, you see. The covenant that was made with you is there to ensure that he will help you. As believers, yes, we do have those struggles once in a while, but there is that help available for us, isn't there? And there is the prospect also of overcoming those struggles as well. And that's what I want to consider with you in the last place. The struggle overcome by the word, by the word. Now, Abram was a highly privileged man because the Lord chose him to cut a covenant with. No, the Lord did not choose to have a covenant with the Kenites and the Kenizzites and the Cadmonites or any other ites living in the land at that particular time, but he cut the covenant with Abraham. Abram is therefore a highly privileged person, just as you and I are highly privileged people. But the covenant that the Lord God made with Abram was meant for what? Well, what is a covenant meant for? And what are the sacraments of the covenant meant for? Well, they are meant to point us back to the word of God. 
back to the word of the Lord. As the Lord has spoken to Abram, it was the word of promise. Abram has received many words of promise. We know that if you read these passages in Genesis. There are a good number of them even in our very text chapter, chapter 19. And these words of promises were believed by Abram. We are told this in verse 6, for instance, and he, Abram, believed in the Lord and he accounted it to him for righteousness. Now, this is how Abram could overcome the struggles of faith, overcome his fears, overcome his doubts as well. He believed in the word of the Lord and the Lord helped him through covenant overtures to believe more strongly yet, dear people. Therefore, if you are overcome with fears and doubts, as you find yourself struggling in the faith, it will have to be by the word, by believing the word of the Lord that we have printed out for us in Scripture. Therefore, in your spiritual struggles, Get back to that word of the Lord. Get back to those promises that the Lord has given in his word. And then go in prayer to the Lord God and say, Lord God, you have promised, haven't you? You have given me a sign as well to help me believe your promises when I was baptized. Lord, help me to embrace those promises. Help me to do this by faith. Now, you and I, we may understand, too, that when we go to the Lord in prayer, we not only ask the Lord to to strengthen us in our faith, but we also go in repentance of our sin. And so repentance and faith, they come together, as it were, in prayer to the Lord. But you and I, we may trust in the greater word, that is, in the word come to life in the person of Jesus Christ. Now let me explain this as well. When you read your Bible, even the Old Testament, read it till you find Christ in it. And you know what? Our text passage is a good example for it. You can find Christ in our text passage. How so? Where? In the very sacrifice that Abraham had to prepare this particular sacrifice and the preparations for it is a foreshadowing, a foreshadowing of the work and of the sacrifice of Christ on the cross. A foreshadowing of it. In our text chapter, Abraham had to make preparations for it and God's presence cut through the sacrifice. But some 2,200 years later, Jesus Christ did it all on his own. He made the preparations for the sacrifice. He provided the sacrifice that is his own flesh and blood. He made the sacrifice. He sacrificed himself. What Abram did and what Abram experienced in order to overcome the struggles of faith, Jesus Christ did, and he experienced it all on the cross, and in a much more dramatic way, dear people, so that you and I may believe in him strongly, 
fully and assuredly because he has dealt with it. Therefore, when you find yourself entrenched in spiritual struggles of faith, let the word of the Lord Jesus Christ, let the word of his sacrifice, and it was a covenantal sacrifice, let this sacrifice, the word of the sacrifice, strengthen you in overcoming your struggles. Let the sacrifice of Jesus Christ become your strength. Let the cross of Jesus Christ remain therefore in your vision at all times and you will find help in your struggles of faith. And those doubts and fears will begin to diminish as well. Jesus Christ, we are told that he is the greater than Abraham. You can read of that in, your, in, your, in, in our text chapter. And by faith in him and all the promises that God has given us through him, they will come to bear upon your life. And dear people, our text chapter gives us therefore great encouragement to believe in the Lord and to believe in his covenant mercy. And I'm so thankful that I did some research and say, hey, I got to get back into the series of Abraham and about Abraham in his lifetime. Now, how is it with you? with me. Can it be said of you, dear people, as it was said of Abram in our text chapter, and he believed in the Lord and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Have you learned to trust in the God of the covenant, in the God who is so trustworthy that he gave his beloved son, Jesus Christ, to be the covenant sacrifice. And this sacrifice does not need to be repeated or redone again ever. Jesus Christ did it all. But he needs to be believed in. And the more and the stronger you believe in him, the more you will discover good help in your struggles of faith. Abram discovered it. He discovered, therefore, as we can read in Romans chapter 1, yes, the just shall